Fern Creek. We're going to do things a little differently this morning, and I'm super excited about it. Because we have the opportunity to worship as a prayer. We're in this series about prayer and, and talking about, can God hear us? Can God hear our, our plea? How do we even pray to God, the creator of the earth? And so I have with me here Psalm 95. It says this, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. See, worship is just a prayer. Worship is just praying aloud that God is good and that he's the rock of our salvation. Verse three says, for the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And so I know it's hard to worship in your home. It's just you, and maybe it's just you and your family and your kids. I know we wish we were here in this sanctuary space all worshiping together. But the truth is that we are still one body. We are still one voice proclaiming the goodness of God, proclaiming his power over the earth. And so as we worship this morning, let's think of it as a prayer, a prayer praising God for who he is, even in the midst of, the, of this COVID-19 quarantine situation, our God is still the rock of our salvation. So let us worship together and pray aloud as one body and one voice. Through it all. 
morning. Your spirit to be with us. The spirit of God fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Your kingdom come. Your still one body, one voice, praising you, our one true God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. It's been good worshiping with you this morning. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of Hey church, just wanted to provide you an update with where we are now with the envelope situation. So last week, Craig made a challenge to all of our church to come pick up an envelope, and in this envelope, you would receive a challenge. Now right now, we have about 100 envelopes left. We had a really good response, and we just want to keep this going until these envelopes are gone. Now there's a little bit of fear about what's in the envelopes. Let me tell you not to be worried. Some surprises are good. Some surprises are bad. The other night, I'm in bed, and my wife wakes up at like 3 in the morning, and she goes, Josh, what is that smell? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I woke up, and I'm like, 
Oh no. We just recently moved out into the country and I knew what the smell was. It was a skunk. So I go out to the front door and my dog has found a skunk or a skunk has found my dog and my dog has this skunk pinned down in the freight yard. I didn't know what to do. So I, I just went back to sleep and I realized that I was going to have to deal with the repercussions one way or the other. I woke up in the morning and I received a surprise. Not a good surprise. My dog had been sprayed from head to tail. The skunk had sprayed like the whole entire front porch of my house. And let's just say that stunk. And it still does. But here's the deal. That was a bad surprise. This is a really cool surprise. This is a really good surprise that you're going to be like, man, this is a great way for me to be challenged. It's a simple way to be challenged too. And maybe you're thinking, you know what? I can take three or four envelopes. Well, come on over. We would love to be able to give you these envelopes so that you can receive a challenge. And the big idea is to see what God's going to do with it. So, yeah, thank you for being the church. Thank you for still supporting the ministry that's happened with the church, through the church, and also the ministry that you guys are still doing. We're so proud of, of our church, and we're excited to see what Jesus is continuing to do. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Hey, church, it's good to, to be with you today. Um, I, I know we all long to be together, and uh, that, that day's coming. That day's coming. But until then, we get to gather, remembering the church is not a building, it's not an address, but it's a people. So even as we're gathering in our living rooms or on our front porches, man, we are still gathering together. So it's good. It sure is good to be together. Hey, I was uh, reading last week about a, a journalist who uh, went to Jerusalem for his newspaper to, to write a story. And so he rented an apartment overlooking the, the Wailing Wall right there in the city of Jerusalem. And he noticed every single day this little Jewish man would come to the wall and he would put his hands on the wall and he would pray feverishly for a couple of hours. And then he would wander off for about an hour and then back he would come after that hour and he'd put his hands back on the wall and he would pray with everything he had. And the journalist watched this every day for a month. So finally, he said, I got I to gotta find this guy's story. So he walked down and he found a little fellow, told him who he was and that he was trying to do a story. And he said, I, I've got I to ask you. I've watched you every single day. You, 
You pray so fervently. Like, what are you praying for? And the old Jewish man pondered that, and he said, Oi, what am I praying for? Well, every day for two hours, I come and I pray for world peace and the brotherhood of man. I go home, I have some tea. I come back, I pray for poverty and sickness to be eradicated from the planet. That's what I pray for. The journalist was like, you, you do this every day. You come to this wall every day. How long have you been coming to this wall to pray for that? The old man was reflective. How long? I've been coming for 25 years every day. The journalist said, you've, you've come here every day for 25 years praying for the same thing. How, how does that feel? The old man said, how does it feel? It feels like I'm talking to a wall. I, I don't know about you, but... Have you ever prayed wondering if you were talking to a wall? If you're joining us, we're, we're in this new series called Can You Hear Me Now? We're, we're talking about prayer. P prayer is one of those spiritual disciplines that, that really develops our, our spiritual muscle. And, and we've talked about how the 12 men who followed Jesus, they, they asked him, to teach them how to pray. Grown men asking another grown man, would you teach me how to pray? They, they saw something when Jesus prayed. They, they noticed something different when he prayed. And, and so they wanted to find out how can we pray so it doesn't feel like we're talking to a wall. And so Jesus said, all right, you want to be taught how to pray, I'll, I'll teach you. And Jesus launches into this whole lesson on prayer. And he begins by telling them, now, this is how you don't do it. And that's what we talked about last week. Jesus said, don't draw attention to yourself. Don't worry about being loud and don't worry about using big words. Jesus said, don't babble. Don't, don't keep going on and on and on. And Jesus said, don't be distracted. You know, when you pray, go into your room and, and close the door. So there were some things that Jesus said, this is what you don't do. And then Jesus kind of flips the script. And now he's going to tell them what they need to do. And we come to that famous passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6, known as the Lord's Prayer. So, so, so let's take a look at it. Let's go old school. Let's go King James English version. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hey, before we, we dig into this, um, could I ask you a favor? Could I ask you to memorize this with me? And could I ask you to memorize it in the King James? I mean, we're going to go through this kind of a, a section at a time. And, and I thought of, of all the things that we could be doing, why, why don't we just memorize it together? And then every week when we get together, we're going to start out by 
by repeating the Lord's Prayer together. So, so cut out the next Netflix for a couple of minutes. Um, what else you got to do, really, right? But let's, let's take this version, the Matthew chapter 6, these five verses. Let's go King James, and let me give you that as an assignment. Let's begin to memorize the Lord's Prayer, and we'll say it every single week together. Now, I'm not interested in having you memorize this so that you can have a, a train of thought where you can put words together after words together. Memory for just memorizing sake. I, I'm going to ask you to memorize this because it's really going to teach us some principles. And there'll be principles in prayer that you'll never, ever forget. So we're not memorizing it just to memorize it, but we're memorizing it to unlock and unpack some incredible principles. So, so, so last week, last week we did the first bit, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, I'm not going to go back and unpack all that we talked about last week. But Jesus said, if you want to pray, the first place you start is you start with God. Don't go rushing in with your laundry list. N not yet. Stop. And the first thing you, you do is you, you make God's name hallowed. And remember, we talked about that. What, what does that word mean? It means to make God's name holy. So the first thing I do when I pray is I praise God's name. I glorify his name. Uh, he, he is the one that, that makes graves into gardens. He, he takes the oceans and turns them into highways. He's the unmoved mover. He's the uncaused cause. And, and, and that is the one that I praise. That one that I praise, Jesus says, I can call my father. So, so the first place we start is that we just tell God how holy he is and how good he is. And remember why we do that. We don't do it because God needs, like God forgets. We don't need to do that because God needs the affirmation. We, we talk about how, how holy, how good God is because I need it. I need to be reminded. I need to be told whose presence I'm about to enter. So we do this whole thing. You know, hallowed, holy be your name. Start with God. Okay, so we started with God. So now I get to go in with my laundry list. Now I get to go in with my shopping list, right? Now I get to rub the genie lamp and ask for my wishes. God, give me this. Bless me here. I need that. Well, well slow down, Tano. Slow down for a second. When you study the Lord's Prayer, it really is interesting. It starts off with praise. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's going to end in praise. It's going to end with yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. So it starts with praise. It's going to end with praise. And all the way in the middle is this idea of petitioning. So, so we're about to get into the middle part, the middle of the Oreo, right? Where we can now petition. We can now ask God for our stuff. So we're like, yeah, let me add it. Well, hang on a second. Notice when Jesus says, you can come now asking for stuff, whose stuff you start with. Look at, look at what he says in verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So did you notice anything? Did you notice whose name's not in there yet? Did you notice whose list of stuff isn't in there yet? Ours. 
Jesus says, when you get into this petition part of prayer, start with the stuff on God's list first. Again, our list is going to come, but we start with God's name and then we start with God's list. Thy kingdom, thy will. And that's a radically different kind of concept when we, when we think about prayer. I mean, we've always been told prayer is about my stuff. Well, no, what, what we're praying about is, is, is God's stuff first, right? So how would it change your prayer life? to start with praising the name of God and then come right in behind that and start asking for the things of God. So, so, so this, 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 this kingdom thing. What, what, what do we when, we, when we say thy kingdom come, if I'm praying for the kingdom of God, what am I praying about? Well, when we think about kingdom, what, what image comes to your mind? When, when I think about a kingdom, I think about a king, and I think about a castle, and I think about a queen, and I think, I, I think about a place, right? So some of us have been taught that the kingdom of God is a place, and, and we immediately link the place to where? To heaven. So, so we think, okay, well, maybe what Jesus is driving at is we pray for heaven to come. Oh, heaven. Oh, man, it's going to be a sweet place. I mean, heaven is going to be awesome. Like, we'll have perfect bodies. All of us will have bald heads. You know, we'll be able to eat cinnamon rolls and not have clogged arteries. So, so God, I'm praying for your, your kingdom. I'm praying for heaven to come down and, and for this world to be heavenly. Well, I, I don't think when Jesus was praying about the kingdom, thy kingdom come, I, I don't think Jesus was praying that that futuristic place called heaven would come down now. I think what Jesus had in mind when he was talking about kingdom was not a place. Kingdom for Jesus, I think, meant for God's rule, for God's reign, for God's power to come to the earth, right? And so when we pray, when we pray to God, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What we're praying is, God, your rule and your reign, your governance in heaven, would, would, it, would it manifest itself? I know you've not come back yet. And I know one day you will, but will your governance reign on this planet? Will your power reign on this planet? Will your rule reign on this planet? So we could experience you here now before we ultimately experience you there in heaven. Man, think about the kingdom of God coming to the earth. What would that look like? What would that feel like? Well, sin would be eradicated. No child would ever go to bed hungry. Demons would have no sway, no hold, no territory. Man, if God's kingdom were alive on planet Earth, all ethnicity would be celebrated. Grudges would no longer be held. Man, the blind would see, the lame would walk. Grace, grace would run rampant. Sinners would be set free. If God's kingdom came down to Earth, those who mourn would be comforted. Those who weep would laugh. The shackles of human trafficking would fall off. Those who solicit pornography would be, would be shackled and locked away. Justice, mercy, goodness, 
inclusion. Man, they would be the air that we breathe. So when we pray, God, your kingdom come, we're praying, God, would all of that power, would all of that rain come to this planet? God, bring your rule, bring your rain so everyone here would get a little taste of what life is going to be like up there. So, so again, how, how would your prayer life be? How would prayer work differently for you if you started with God by praising his holy name and then you began to ask him that his kingdom, his will, his hopes, his dreams would, would manifest itself on this earth like it is in heaven? And it would totally, totally change the way we pray. But wait a second. Jesus said something really interesting about the kingdom, not just coming to the earth. Listen to what he said in Luke chapter 17. Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is, what's the next two words? Within you. Man, is that, is that life-changing? I mean, look, 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 look. When we pray, thy kingdom come. And we're not just praying, God, may your kingdom, may your rule, may your reign fall on our planet. May your kingdom, may your rule, may your reign fall on Louisville. May your kingdom, may your rule, may your reign fall on Fern Creek. What we're saying is, may your kingdom, may your rule, may your reign fall right in here. Because the kingdom of God's within me. So God, God, change me with your kingdom. Bring your rule, bring your dominion, bring your lordship into my heart this very day. So when I pray for the kingdom to come alive inside of me, what am I asking? Saying, God, set me free. God, open my eyes. God, may your grace run rampant in my life this day. God, may you empower me to forgive others. God, may your word light my path today. God, may your justice, may your goodness flow through me. God, establish your throne over my heart. God, be the king of my life today. God, every day, this day, help me to submit to your rule, to your reign, to your kingdom. Woo! I mean, can you imagine? Do you understand Praying that for yourself. And can, can, can you see what it's like when we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm praising you. And God, as I get into this petitioning, I'm going to ask that your rule, your power, your kingdom is manifested in my life this very day. And we start with prayer. That's how we started, right? So, 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 so now... We've honored God's name. We've made it holy. We've now petitioned God for his will, his kingdom, his power to come. And now it's time for our stuff. Now it's time for our stuff. So, so when you look at Matthew chapter 6, look at how we begin to pray for our stuff. Look at verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I've counted it. Seven words. Seven words. But Jesus packs a wealth of real estate into these seven very simple words. 
give us this day our daily bread. Now, what I want you to understand about this, first of all, is something very, very simple. It's okay to ask God for stuff. I mean, Jesus says it right here, right? Give us, ask. It is not wrong for you to pray for a better job. It is totally fine for you to pray that your kid could get that scholarship. Nothing wrong whatsoever about praying for a, a house or a car. And I hope, I hope that's refreshing to you. Because I don't know about you, I've had other spiritual people telling me that praying for stuff was, was somehow selfish. And Jesus says, not on your life. God is a giving God. So he invites us to, to ask him for certain things. Let me remind you of all the stuff that some of the heroes of our faith in the Bible ask God for. And you tell me if you think anything on this list is trivial. Abraham prayed for a city to be spared. Eleazar prayed for a bride for Isaac. Jacob prayed for a blessing. Moses prayed for his sister to be healed. Moses prayed to be allowed to go into the promised land. Joshua prayed for more daylight. Gideon prayed for a sign. Jephthah prayed for victory. Manoah prayed for an angel. Hannah prayed for a son. David asked God, God, should I go into battle? Solomon prayed for wisdom. Elijah prayed for rain. Hezekiah prayed for longer life. Jabez prayed that God would increase his territory. Nehemiah prayed for physical strength. Now, now think about it. Would you say any of those people were being selfish? No. They were praying for daily bread. They were praying that God would, would bless and would give. And so listen, it is totally fine to pray for physical stuff, right? I want you to jump back as we talk about daily bread, physical stuff. I want you to jump back to those seven words. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, if you've been a part of the church for a long time, I want you to scan your memory banks. Do those words, give us this day our daily bread... Do they, do they make you go back to an account in the Old Testament where God gave his people daily bread? It, if you've been in the church a long time, may, maybe you're going back to Moses and the manna. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that, remember that story? Now, now it, you know, if, if you've not been around church, l let me unpack the story. When God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he raised up a man named Moses. And man, Moses led the people out. And as they wandered through the desert, they began to get hungry and they began to starve. And, and, and they cried out to God, God, feed us. And so God sent them quail. He sent them meat every day. He provided for their, their physical needs by giving them meat. And after a season of having nothing to eat but meat, they got a, a, a little grumbly. They got, they got to complain and they're like, God, we... We love meat, but we want carbs. We're hungry for carbs. God, give us some Olive Garden breadsticks, right? And, and so you remember how God handled that, right? You remember what he said. You bunch of belly acres, you bunch of whiny behindies. I've been feeding you meat and all you want now is carbs. I can't believe you. I'm not giving you bread. No, no, no. I'm giving you broccoli from this point on. No, 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 no. No, God, God heard their request and God said, uh, 
I'll sustain you even with bread. Listen to what he said in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each what? You see it? Each day. And gather enough for what? For just that day. And in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So see, when Jesus was telling people, you know, give us this day our daily bread, everybody listening would have gone back to this, this story right here. And what God was telling Moses and the people is, I'm going to give you daily bread. And God gave them instructions. They could only gather enough bread for just that day. And there were some people who, who wanted to get a little extra. And you remember what happened to those who tried to get a little more than just the daily allotment? It rotted and maggots formed. And God was teaching his people. And you got to depend on me for your daily, your daily bread. I'll give it to you. But it's got to be something you trust me with each and every day. Now, there are a lot of other instructions that God gave to his people about this bread. But what I want to get into is how much bread they could collect. How much bread did they actually get to take, right? And, and in verse 16, it tells us that every person could take an omer. An omer. No, no, not, not a homer. <laughs> not a homer. Not this guy. An omer, an omer is way different than a, than a homer, right? Now, I have no clue how much an omer was, so I had to do a little research. And all you got to do is keep reading in Exodus chapter 16 and in verse 36, we get the answer. You ready? Here, here's how much an omer was. Verse 36, an omer is one-tenth of an epeph. Well, that totally clears it up for me, right? Uh, thank you very much. Well, I have no idea how much that was either, but I, scholars, scholars estimate, scholars estimate that nine cups, and, and Omer was nine cups. Every person could take nine cups of bread. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought, that's a lot of carbs. That's, that's a lot of breadsticks, right? But, but, but hang on a second. God said he was going to rain down bread. That was a metaphor. I mean, the, you know, like, like every day, the skies didn't open up and the ovens of heaven didn't open up and, and Panera French Toast Bagels rained down from the skies and people got to get nine cups of you know, Panera French Toast Bagels. No, no that's, it, didn't rain, it didn't rain bread down. Do you remember how the bread got to the people? Well, the, the dew would, would come up in the morning. And when the dew subsided, there was this white, flaky dust stuff that, that covered the, the floor of the ground. And as the people walked around, do you remember what they said? They walked around that first day and they went, what is it? What is it? And, 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 and the Hebrew word for what is it is the word manna. See, a lot of people think manna equals bread. The, you know, the Hebrew word manna is, equals the English word bread. No. No, no, no. They're walking around through this white stuff that looks like frost, and they're going, manna, what is it? And, and Moses says, that's the bread. Now, 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 if your mother ever cooked you something once, and you went, what is that? You said the word manna, right? So, so, so this, this powdery, white, flaky stuff, they got nine cups of that, right? So, so, so did they have to go back home and 
and grind it and process it? Do they have to knead it? Do they have to bake it? They may have. But what I'm trying to show you is whatever God gave them bread-wise was enough. It was enough for that day. And, and, and what Jesus is driving at is, is ask God for your daily bread, and, and God will give you just enough. He'll give you what you need. He will provide for your physical needs. The people had this physical need, and God said, it's okay to cry out to me for that, and I will meet that need. So listen, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing. As we're, as we're learning this prayer, when Jesus says, give us today this, you know, our daily bread, ask God for stuff. You've already praised his name. You've already prayed for his kingdom. Now, now bring your stuff. Bring your physical stuff and ask God for it. But bread not only symbolizes physical needs. Did you know in the scripture, bread symbolizes spiritual needs? Yeah, it's absolutely true. In John chapter 6, Jesus was trying to feed 5,000 people. And all they could gather was a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread And you remember what happened? Jesus multiplied the fish and multiplied the bread, and he fed like 5,000 people. He he provided for them physically. He met their physical need of hunger, right? And and then the next day, people tracked him down. Remember, he tried to go around the lake, and people tracked him back down. Because what's better than one free lunch? (laughs) Two free lunches, right? And, And so they said, Jesus, feed us again. And 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 Jesus could kind of see through the motives. And he's like, listen, he's like, physical bread is a good thing. But there is a spiritual hunger. There's a spiritual bread that you need. And the people didn't want to hear about the spiritual hunger. They didn't want to hear about the spiritual bread. They wanted breadsticks, right? And they said, but even Moses, even Moses fed his people with manna. And why can't you feed us with manna? And listen, listen to what Jesus stops them right in their tracks. And listen to what Jesus said in verse 32, John chapter 6. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now, we're going to leave this passage up for just a second as I I share with you a little bit. Now, I want you to look at the words. Jesus right here. Look, he talks about two kinds of bread. He he, he said, you know, know, it was God who gave the bread, right? So that's that physical bread that Moses gave to the people, right? It was actually God giving that. But then he says there's this second kind of bread, an eternal bread, the true bread, a bread that gives spiritual life. And when the people hear about this spiritual bread, they're like, ooh, man, we want in on that. Give us this true spiritual bread. And Jesus, Jesus is like, you meatheads, that's me, right? I mean, in the Greek, it actually reads Ninius. Compupius. Well, no, it doesn't really read that. I, I don't know if Jesus called them nincompoops, right? But, but I wonder in his head if he didn't think that. If he didn't say, you know, as his heart broke, listen, I'm the bread of life. I'm the one that can fill your spiritual hunger. 
There is natural bread, but there is spiritual bread that you and I have got to encounter. Look at John chapter 6, verse 35. Let's talk about spiritual food for a second. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. How about 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 3? Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Listen, I think you and I do an excellent job asking God for physical bread, for physical stuff. But, but how many of us are missing the boat by not asking God for spiritual bread? God, fill this spiritual hunger in my life. Your physical body can't last very long without physical food. But listen, your soul, your soul can experience spiritual starvation. Your soul will crumble if it's not fed on a daily basis. When we neglect our soul, it starves. So, so let me ask you, how, how's your soul today? How's your spirit today? I mean, I mean are, are you feeding it? I, I, I think what we're learning in this season of not being able to come to a building and hear a sermon and, and sit in a classroom, sometimes we're used to coming to church and it's kind of like we go to a restaurant. They cook the food. They prep the food. They serve the food. They do the dishes. And in this season of social distancing, I think what we're learning is we're learning to cook for ourselves. So have you, have you been spending time with the Lord having some spiritual bread? Listen to what Thomas More said about starvation of the soul. He said, when the soul is neglected, it doesn't just go away. It appears symptomatically in obsessions, in addictions, in violence, and in loss of meaning. There are a lot of people today who are struggling with anxiety and loss of meaning. And I wonder if this isn't the season where Jesus is saying, man, you're neglecting your soul. Feed your soul. So Jesus says part of our prayer, give us this day our daily bread. It, it's phys Part of that's physical. But there's another part that's spiritual. Pray spiritually, man, for God to feed you. When was the last time you prayed, oh Lord, feed my soul? Now, now, now what does it mean? How, how, how does it look? How do you eat spiritual food? Well, maybe we pray, God, I'm praying for some, some fresh bread as I read your word today. Or, or, or God, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I need some sweet tea as I, as I embrace times of silence. Or, or, or God, man, I could really go for a warm, warm a cup of coffee as I ingest prayer into my life. Or God, I'm going to take a big old slice of chocolate pie as I engage in worship today. Or God, I'm going to have a big old, big old salad as I, as I give and as I serve. Or God, give me that big T-bone. Give me that big T-bone as I learn how to forgive and extend grace to other people. See, when, when you and I engage in these spiritual meals, just like food nourishes your body, this spiritual food will nourish your soul. So listen, what are we learning? Jesus is teaching us how to pray. 
And how he teaches us to pray runs really different than how we pray today. Because again, how we pray today is we always go running in with our list. And Jesus says, not so fast. Start out with your Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy be your name. Spend some time starting with him. Praise and honor his name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I open up into my, my petitions and my requests, again, I'm not bringing my stuff in just yet. God, your kingdom, your power, your rule. Spend some time. Make that manifest in my life, in my heart. God, be the king of my life today. Spend some time asking about that. And now, now bring in your daily bread. Oh God, I've got these physical needs. Oh God, I've got these spiritual needs. God, feed me physically. God, feed me spiritually. Wow. Man, if we learn to pray like that, how different is that? How, how more intensely intimate is that when we engage in prayer that way? So friends, let's land the plane. This week, I want you to find a time and I want you to find a space and I want you to pray. And if you want to say the Lord's Prayer verbatim, that's fine. But what I'd really like you to do is get into the principles. Start Start by making his name holy. Continue your prayer by asking God to make his kingdom come alive in your heart. God, your rule, your reign, I submit to your word, to your will, to your way. And then let's get into this, this daily bread. Let's talk about our physical needs and then let's talk about our spiritual needs. What a great time awaits you as you and I engage with Jesus this week. Lord, teach us to pray. Let me pray with you. God, thanks. Thanks for opening our eyes to prayer. God, the more I study this prayer, the more I realize I, I, I've not learned to pray for a really long time. God, I, I get so easily distracted with my wants and my wishes and people I want to lift up. And I've skimmed right past those first two points. So God, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, may we make your name holy. God, may we pray for your kingdom to come. God, may we pray for our daily bread. God, this week, may you take us into a deep, deep place in prayer. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. As we head into a time of communion, let me read Psalm 23 over you. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. It's odd to me that in the midst of being home and doing less that things feel more chaotic. Things feel uneasy, off kilter. It's hard to find peace. But we've been given this time, this moment right now, to rest and to be still. To come before the Father as you are, to bring Him your fears and your needs and your praise and your sorrow. So as you take communion, whatever that looks like in your home, rest in the presence of the Prince of Peace and let these scriptures wash over you.
Let's worship together in our homes, in our living rooms, wherever we are, that, that God is good and that His goodness is always chasing after us. Here's the worship team from our living rooms. Good. 
Hey, church, thanks for joining us today. We hope you have a, an awesome Sunday. Hey, remember, if you need anything, man, give us a buzz. We're, we're in this together. Hey, I wanted to let you know about the handle for this week. We've done all kinds of stuff. You've tithed your, t- your toilet paper. You've brought in um, food products. Uh, you've come to get these envelopes for Operation Light Up the Ville. Um, thanks for being the hands and feet of, of Jesus. This week, we want to do something uh, meaningful, but uh, kind of scale it down a little bit. We, we've got 14 amazing people in our church who are shut-ins. I don't like that word, shut-in, um, but we have 14 folks in our church who can't get to church, and so uh, what we thought we would do is, is brighten their day. So you're going to see a list right now of 14 names of, of our folks. Some are in nursing homes, some are in their own home, but but they can't get out. And so what we would ask you to do is, is just write a note. If you've got some kids, hey, even if you as an adult want to draw a picture, uh, but uh, cards, notes, uh, color a picture. And then what we want you to do is, is drop those off at church. When you come into the, the lobby, and again, we'll have the doors propped open uh, you won't have to touch anything. We'll have sanitizer right there in the in the in the entryway as you come in. We'll have boxes with uh, with everybody's name on it, and so you can just drop your card, your letter, your note, your picture, and uh, into the box. So if you want to write one, two, you want to write all fourteen, um, but we want to just flood uh, these fourteen folks with just a card, a word. Uh, of encouragement and thanks. And so that's our mission. While you're doing that at the church, we, uh, we're going to take a floor at one of the local hospitals and we're going to cater lunch into the nurses and doctors this week. So that's what we're going to do as a church. We're going to feed a floor at one of the hospitals uh, and encourage them, tell them thanks. And then we want to encourage these 14 amazing men and women in our church who can't get out and let them know that we love them, and Jesus does too. So thanks for being the hands and feet of Jesus. Thanks for helping us light up the ville. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week.